This is a podcast for spiritual downloads, star seeds, light workers, and authenticity. Spiritual awareness is advised. Come on and go with me. There's something new for you to see. Come on and go with me. There's something new. Welcome to the 1111 Synchronized Podcast. So glad to have you here today. Let's all start with a deep breath in and a deep breath out. I want to try something different for this episode. So we're going to do another deep breath in, but we're going to do alternate nostril breathing. Now, if you're not in a place to do this, please wait until you are. So if you're driving, continue to be safe in whatever travels you're doing. But if you have a hand free, use your dominant hand. And we're going to use the index finger and our thumb. Our thumb is going to seal one side of our nostril. We're going to take a deep breath in, seal it, hold at the top, and then breathe out of the other nostril and then seal and switch. So if you're familiar with that, you understand. If that's confusing, just give it your best try. So Take a deep breath in, seal your right nostril or whichever nostril, and breathe out through your other nostril. And then, (laughs) I think I just messed it up actually. (laughs) I am not a trained yoga instructor, clearly. So, (laughs) let's just breathe in one side of the nostril, Seal and switch, breathe out the other side of the nostril. And the reason I want to start off by doing an alternate breathing style, you can practice that on your own. You can check out YouTube videos or articles about how to do that. But I want to do that because we're talking about addictions today. Now, before I even get started, there's a lot going on in the world right now. So, If you've been feeling really confused, really anxious, really overthinking, really indecisive, just breathe, ground yourself, know that all is well, it's gonna be okay. We just had a full moon in Gemini. So if you're not familiar with the astrological placements and planetary movements, they will help understand what things are affecting the way you may be feeling or interacting or the way others may be interacting with you. And Gemini is about duality and polarity. So you might be all over the place right now and just know it's okay. Fret not. You're not losing your, you're not about to go ape. <laughs> you know, you're good. You just, just breathe. You're going to get through it. But knowledge is power. So if you didn't know, if you're not aware, we just had a full moon. Now full moons are a great time for manifesting. It's also a great time for releasing. Now the thing with manifestation is when you're sending out double messages, 
it confuses the universe. So if you feel really conflicted, confused, just indecisive, changing your mind constantly, it's kind of maybe affecting your manifestations right now. So just give things time, let this energy settle. Um, every full moon and no, new moon, I watch a meditation, a, a live meditation with a group called Moon Omens. And maybe you're familiar with hearing me say that before. Maybe you're just arriving and haven't heard me say that. But they've been absent for a little while and they've just returned back to the live meditations. So I did that. And if you want to catch the replay, it is in my link tree um, link in the description. And it'll be saying, you know, December 7th, I think it was, uh, live, full moon. So if you want to catch the replay, even if you didn't do it live, it's still valid. You know, the moon energy, the moon is always there. It's constant. So the moon energy usually lasts until the next cycle. So kind of like two weeks until the next cycle begins, which would be the new moon. So if you're not familiar with that, you might want to check that out. I'll also leave a link in the description as well. They do live meditations, which I thoroughly enjoy, but they also do kind of a um, synopsis of everything entailed of that full moon or new moon. So if you want to see that, I'll leave that in the description. It won't be necessarily in the link tree, but it will be in the description. You can find it if you look for it. (laughs) So with that in mind, just know that the energies can be really convoluted at this time, really stirred up, really mixed up, but don't let that distract you. Just keep your focus on where you're headed, where you're going, where you are. Just know that it's all good. So if that brings any reassurance of why things might have been really crazy or hectic or why your energy might feel crazy and hectic, that might be why. And so um, I always set an intention, an affirmation, if you will, for the full moon. And you may use this intention if it if it resonates to do, but the intention I'm setting, or I've set for this full moon is, since this is a full moon in Gemini, my intention is that may this full moon illuminate anywhere that I've been double-minded. May this full moon illuminate any ways I've operated in double-minded energy so that I can narrow down my focus. And the way to do that is just to focus on what is true for you. What is your heart's desire? What gives you joy? Regardless of what's going on on the outside, regardless of what other people say or think or do, what is true for you? And focusing on that and focusing on your desired outcome, you'll get there. So with all that being said, um, today's topic is about addiction. Now, if you have any topic requests that you would like to hear, or if you'd like to be a feature on this podcast, please reach out. Let me know how we can collaborate. If you would like me to be a feature on your platform, whatever it may be, I'd be honored to. So please let me know any way we can grow together. Um, As you know, you can always give back in the form of donations. They are greatly appreciated. Thank you all in advance for those. You can always write a review, um, at least on Apple Podcasts. You can write a review. I do read them. They're amazing. I may even read them um, occasionally here. So all of those things and also just sharing these podcasts subscribing to the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please, the link is in the description. Check out the YouTube page. If you haven't gotten your merchandise, please get your merchandise. What are you waiting for? Get your merch. It's also the season of holidays. I didn't even realize um, from where I'm at, Christmas is about to be here very soon. 
So if you haven't got your Christmas time EP by the artist we know and love known as Mary J. Wanna, please get that. It's available on all streaming services, but if you can purchase it from the iTunes store, I think it's only like $3.99 or less. So if you can, that gives me um, the proceeds part of that as well. And I'm very grateful to have that on that on those platforms. So I've also um, am doing music lessons. If you are interested in wanting to learn how to write music, sing music, play music, produce music, any of those things, I'd be honored to assist you on that, especially if you're looking for not just learning how to do what other people have done, but to learn how to find what your true soul song is. What is your truth? What is your gifting? I want to help you not necessarily open that gift because it's yours, but I want to help you find that gift and then open it yourself. So if you're interested in that, please reach out. I'm always available down for that. I recently did, I mentioned uh, at some point that I had a performance. I used to be in multiple bands before, from collegiate bands all the way up to bands I created and formed myself. And, you know, I started now performing as myself, not as my artist self, but as myself. And um, I had a performance recently. And despite anything that tries to taint or contaminate what I'm doing, I got to keep going forward. So with all that, if you want to see the uh, live performance I did a couple weeks ago, earlier this month, you can check that out. I will leave that description. I will leave that video link in the description as well. Um, and so I've been performing on my own. And when you do things solo dolo, you out there on your on your own, you know, if you mess up, it's on you. So you're going to see it all, flaws and all. Is, and I love it. You're going to see it all. I so appreciate it. And um, <laughs> so if you want to check out that performance, be mindful that I was performing for three hours straight, no breaks, no nothing. So I try to condense that down into two videos for you. Um, so if you have the time and if you'd like to see me performing live, you can check that out as well. Um, and during this time of a lot of upheaval, a lot of things may be just coming to the surface, especially with holidays happening. If you are seeking assistance with your mental health, I don't even want to say it that well. Say it that way because you're already well. <laughs> you're already well enough. So if you just need some guidance or just someone to be a listening ear, I do provide donation-based counseling. You can click the link in my description as well to book your session. Now, please be mindful that the time zones are set for standard Eastern Standard Time. I've had a lot of people who are in different time zones and there can be a little bit of confusion. So if you're not in Eastern Standard Time, please check your location and configure it to the time zone that is compatible to mine. So that way you can know what time to book your session. So for an example, if you are in central time, you're an hour behind Eastern time. So if you want to meet me at six, you're going to have to book for seven. I know that might be a little confusing, but uh, dear, dear. <laughs> and um, additionally, if you've been having just a lot of dream activity and you're kind of like, what is going on? Why am I dreaming of this? Or why are these memories popping up? Or what is happening? It's okay. Um, again, there's just a lot of energy happening right now, especially during this week, it comes to a, a culmination of things that happen and things can show up in our subconscious. So if you are interested in having your dreams interpreted, um, I do provide that as an outlet. 
it's not necessarily me interpreting your dreams, it's me taking it to the source and receiving messages from it. So it's not to say I have the correct answer or the most accurate answer, it's to say I can help illuminate a path and maybe show you a different side of your dream that you were maybe not aware of because it's not necessarily my opinion of your dream. It's actually the interpretation that I receive when I take it to download it. So if you want to get that, you can definitely do that. And most importantly, if you want to join this empire that I'm building, if you haven't heard already, I'm building an empire. Everyone's welcome. Any gift you have is totally welcome. But this empire is to help sustain the new earth that we're moving into, sustain this newness that is called life and called freedom. If you want to be a part of the change and not just stuck in the chain, <laughs> then you can join this empire. Any gift, any talent is welcome. Um, so you can reach out. Let me know how you want to contribute to that. And we'll get that ball rolling. So I want to just kind of set the tone before I move forward. And that beautiful, if you didn't recognize the voice, that was John Legend that played prior to this. Um, that's actually the first song on his album called Get Lifted. Or, yeah, I think it's called Get Lifted. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty fitting <laughs> for obvious and maybe not so obvious reasons. And um, yeah, you know, I, I actually said something. I was like, that's not exactly what I mean. I said something on a previous episode, The Never Ending Spiral. And um, I've been really missing her a lot today. But um, on that episode, I said that I had got intoxicated and wrote a story, but that's not really the most descriptive word of what I would call what I do. <laughs> I don't get intoxicated. I don't really entertain toxic things and energies and substances, but I do get lifted. <laughs> there is a difference. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you are someone who's struggled with addiction, or someone who's grown up around addiction, or someone who loves someone who has an addiction, this episode is not meant to make you feel bad about yourself. Because I've definitely struggled with addiction for most of my life. And this is not to condemn you or make you feel bad or make you feel like you shouldn't have done something. This message is really to say you are accepted, just as you are. And you don't have to be what you've always been. We can determine this is either who I am or this is who I was. So we don't have to stay where we've been. We can always grow beyond, but it is up to us to make those choices. It is up to us to have that willpower to do those things. And it's not easy and it's not for everybody. So whether you've struggled with addiction, whether you want to get rid of your addictions or keep them, it's totally fine. You have my support regardless of whatever choices you make. But I just want to say this episode may be, may be tough, it may not be, but when we are triggered, we're able to see what needs healing. We're able to see where there might still be pain or residue of pain. So my intention is to explain my perception of addictions and my journey, and perhaps that may help you. Um, so with that being said... <laughs> Let's take a let's take a break. Let's take an intermission. You know, go um use the restroom and then come right back. Let's continue this here shortly. Right. 
I was never addicted to smoking weed. I was just highly committed. by John Legend, again from his album, Get Lifted. Classic album, very classic. So I wanted to start off this 
message, this recording, with the alternate nostril breathing because we're dealing with the topic of addictions. Addictions has a lot of different components to it, but one of them is the way it affects our brains. So the younger we are where we start our addictions, whatever it is, can really change the way our brain function is, can really change the way we process things, can change our developmental uh, growth. And so when we want to make a change, part of it is understanding the way it's changed us. So before I go any further in that, the real question is, what is addictions? What are addictions? Now, I have my opinion on it, but let's go to our good friend Google and see what is an addiction? What are addictions? What does that even mean? So according to Wikipedia, addiction is a neuropsychological disorder characterized by a present and intense urge to engage in certain behaviors, one of which is the usage of a drug despite substantial harm and other negative consequences. Okay. So that's Wikipedia's definition of addiction. However, addiction can be a variety of things. Let's not forget, you can get addicted to a certain kind of sadness. Anybody know what lyric that is? Pat yourself on the back. You get a gold star for that. (laughs) And so... What are addictions, really? Because that's one form of addiction, sure. But what is addiction? So in my opinion, there are four different categories of addictions. These are my thoughts of it. I'm sure that there's a variety of different opinions, and I encourage you to find your own opinion about it and encourage you to believe whatever you choose to. But this is my observation of what addictions are, and I've thought about it in different categories. So the first one most commonly known is substance. Drugs, medicines, coffee, etc. Substances like heroin. Substances like crack cocaine. Substances like, you guessed it, marijuana. (laughs) And so we have substances. Now the thing about cannabis, I'm going to just touch on this. And not just because I'm an advocate for cannabis, but marijuana, our cannabis, is a plant. Meaning it is a natural substance, just as shrooms or any other thing that is given to us from the earth, from Mother Gaia. So when I talk about drugs, drugs to me are man-made, pharmaceutical, medicines, vaccines. Those are the things that are drugs, in my opinion, that alter your chemistry that change your perception of reality, and that can be detrimental or beneficial to you. Now, when we talk about natural substances like cannabis, for example, cannabis is actually not an addictive substance because you can check out the episode, and I'll include it in the description, the episode of cannabis that I did, if you want to hear more about cannabis, but just to distinguish the difference between natural herbs and detrimental drugs because they try to blur the lines but those often are lies that they're blurring the lines with so and it's also because of a lot of fear which is also connected to addictions I'll get to that in a second but cannabis primarily 
speaking of cannabis, I don't have that much experience with shrooms yet, but um, cannabis or ayahuasca or anything that is a natural substance that does have psychedelic effects and alternate effects are not really there to harm you, but they're there to awaken you. Now, society will say it's harming you because society doesn't want you to be awakened. However, they will give you a prescribed medication and tell you they're not harming you, but they're really just wanting you to stay addicted to that so they can continue to keep you sick. If you look at the medical industry, they don't find preventative care. They find um, solutions after you've gotten sick and they continue to keep you sick. So I prefer natural remedies personally. Now, when it, we talk about the substance cannabis or the plant <laughs> cannabis, in our brain, every human, every human has cannabinoids in their brain, which is receptors waiting for the cannabis to be ingested. So it's just sitting there waiting, like, where's that cannabis at? I'm ready. <laughs> so then when we intake in marijuana, cannabis, weed, whatever, our bodies are already ready for it. It's already made for it. It doesn't mean we have to, by all means. If you're not 420 friendly, please don't think this is a triumph to get you to join the team. It's definitely not. Uh, but it's just to understand the difference between the lies and the truth, the difference between the propaganda and what the reality is. So when we see cannabis, for example, we already have receptors in our brain, meaning we are wired to ingest cannabis if we choose to. Does it mean smoking is the best thing for your lungs? Not necessarily. It's not. Does it mean you have to take cannabis to have a fulfilling life? No, not at all. But if you choose to, it's not going to be detrimental in the same way that pharmaceutical drugs that our brain and our body don't even have receptors ready for to engage with. And we have to adopt and unevolve to become a match to those things. So understanding that plants, natural remedies that may be considered drugs, that may be harshly penalized to be considered Schedule 1 drugs, you have to really question, now why is that? What is the purpose of that? When we can see that these plants and these medications can heal. So let me not get on my rant. If you want to check out the cannabis episode, please check it out. The next addiction is chemical addictions, in my opinion. So again, our brain has receptors. It also has hormones. It also has different things that we need to operate with. And one of those is the chemicals such as serotonin, such as dopamine, such as melatonin. All of these things are released throughout our bodies to help regulate us. So if you have a chemical dependency or a chemical addiction, it could be such things as emotional addiction. It could be attachment styles. It could be mental addictions. So a chemical addiction, for example, say you're a sexaholic. That is a chemical addiction. You're not necessarily addicted to the person. Maybe you are, but it's also the energy, the um, endorphins that are released, the hormones that are released when you engage in sex. That is, creates an addictive pattern, or it can create an addictive pattern. Same with gambling. Even though this may be not beneficial for you, you might be addicted to the high. You might be addicted to the chase. You might be addicted to that. That's why most people who are players or who may cheat on their spouse, it's not necessarily that they want to. 
it's the addiction to the chemical. Um, then there's also spirituality. You can get addicted to spirituality. And now this is, I'm going to say sub, subdivided in subcultural groups because you have religious people who are addicted to, um, you know, their religious beliefs are addicted to the spirit of religion, which is all about judgment, condemning, et cetera, et cetera trying to prove oneself right and worthy. And, and the flip, flip side of that is martyrdom, who's addicted to self-sacrificing and addicted to people-pleasing, that kind of stuff. But then you also have the spirituality that is addicted to alternate realities. They're addicted to spiritually bypassing. So, for example, this person may be addicted to self-help books, but they're wondering, why am I not getting any better? Why am I still in the same situations? It's not because the self-help books aren't working. It's because the way they're applying it is to cover up an addiction or they're using it in an addictive way. Um, so that could be someone who's addicted to tarot readings. They can't go a day without watching a tarot reading, but they're not actually engaging in real world. And again, this is no offense to anyone who does. I think they're, these things are beautiful. All of these things are beautiful it's about finding moderation for them, in my opinion. None of these things are bad within themselves. And an example of things that are not bad within themselves. So when we think about addiction, no one would say, because I started thinking about it. I was thinking, like, what's the difference between an addiction and a habit? And again, like I've briefly touched on, marijuana is a habitual thing. It's not necessarily addictive, but it can be depending on how you use it. When I thought about other things that are good for you that can still become detrimental if you allow it. And I thought about, okay, if someone takes a shower, brush their teeth every day, we don't say they're addicted to brushing their teeth every day. We say they have good hygiene. They have good habits. So what's the difference? And the difference is, that's great. They brush their teeth and take a shower every day. Awesome. Good job. It becomes an addiction when it becomes excessive. So taking a shower one, two, three times a day, okay, okay, sure, that's, that's fine. But now you're taking 13 showers a day, you're brushing your teeth every hour on the hour, that becomes excessive and it can become detrimental. If you're showering every day 13 times a day and you feel lost without it if you don't do that, it's become now controlling you instead of you controlling it. It's become an addiction. It's become obsessive. And when that obsessive energy takes over, it's like uh, it can become detrimental, can become toxic. Even something that's good can become toxic, such as taking a shower every day. If you're excessively taking a shower every day, now your skin is drying out. Now all these other things may be happening. If you're brushing your teeth every day, 13 times a day, now your gums are starting to bleed. I don't know. Just it can become unhealthy is what I'm getting at. But the fourth uh, category that I've listed them into as far as addictions go is subconscious. So these are addictive behaviors that we're not even aware of. You know, our mannerisms, the way we move, the way we blink, the way we do whatever, the way we breathe. We're not really aware of that. And again, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the way you breathe. <laughs> it just means that we can have subconscious patterning. So in my opinion, where it can become destructive is coping mechanisms, where we're not aware that we're bypassing. We're not aware that we're escaping or avoiding 
or maybe we are aware of it, but we continue to choose to engage in it because we are addicted to that feeling of not facing our shadows, of denying, projecting, etc. So those are a couple of things I think <laughs> are categories of addiction. Now, I'd love to hear what you think of addictions. That's totally fine. I think the more conversation we can have about it, the more we can destigmatize it. Because I don't know anyone who doesn't have an addiction. They may not call it that. They may not think of it in that way. But we all are addicted to something, whether it's being on our phone, whether it's shopping, whether it's the obvious addictions that we hear about all the time. There's something. So if there's something that you feel you can't live without, go without, perhaps there's an addiction. There's an attachment. There's a something there. So what, in my opinion, do I think is the cause of addictions? Now, I mentioned this on the previous episode. If you haven't heard that, I'm about to be spoiler alert. The cause of addiction, again, is tied to unresolved trauma. So unresolved trauma can cause addiction, in my opinion. Um, and so when I think about that, when I think about the root causes of addiction, having to really, I'm just adjusting the camera here because it's going to turn off and at a time. So anyway, um, so for me, when I think about the root of addictions, because in order to really understand addictions, you got to trace it back to the roots. An analogy of what addictions are like, if you've ever done any type of yard work or gardening or anything like that, and you get weeds in your garden or you get weeds in your lawn, if you just take a lawnmower and cut your grass regularly, what happens is those weeds that are in your grass, the crabgrass is still gonna grow back. And in order to really rectify that issue, you have to get to the root of it. So you have to pull the weeds from the root in order for them to not continually grow back. And that's how addictions are. Most people teach you how to attack the symptoms of addiction here, take this pill, here, put this patch on, here, here, do this, do that. But it's not getting to the root, so that's why most of those things don't work. So if you've tried and tried and tried to get rid of an addiction, I say let's not get rid of it, let's get curious about it. Why do I have this addiction? What is, what is this addiction here to teach me about myself? How can I not blame myself for having this addiction? How can I embrace myself even more and love every part of me? And part of that is getting to the root cause of addiction. Now, I believe all addictions stem from this same root. In my opinion, in my experience, the root cause of addictions is shame. The root of addictions is shame. You'll see that in so many different ways. I think the most obvious one is pornography addiction. People who have a porn addiction struggle so much with such internalized shame. They feel shame for watching it. They feel shame for masturbating. They feel shame for enjoying it. They feel shame all the time. 
And that's with any addiction I've ever seen. There's a root cause of shame. I'll give an example um, of a public figure. You may know him. He's actually a uh, gospel singer. His name is Kirk Franklin. I watched this video many, many years ago. I was probably like a teenager when I saw this. But I didn't know this about him. But apparently, Kirk Franklin had a porn addiction. And he told this story of how he had these tapes that he'd watch. You know, it's the 90s, VHS. He had these tapes that he'd watch. And he decided, enough is enough. I'm over this. I'm not going to have this porn addiction anymore. I'm so fed up with this. I'm so disgusted with myself. Da, da, da. I don't know if he said all that, but that's my interpretation of it. So he gets so fed up. You know, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're just like, I'm done. So he goes out to this field and he digs. He digs and digs and digs. He gets a shovel and he just digs. And he buries those tapes in that field. And he's good, you know. He's good. Then he starts experiencing withdrawals. He starts experiencing needing that fix again. And he goes back and he digs up those tapes again. And the shame that I felt and that he expressed when he did that, my heart just goes out to him for his former self. When I remember that, that, that story, it was so painfully excruciating knowing that he dealt with that. So again, this is to say you're not alone. This is not to call anybody out. This is to say we all struggle with something and that I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you telling you there is a way out. If you decide to get out, it's not going to be easy. By all means, it's not. But if you do want a different life, a different way of being, it's available. So for me, the first time I ever saw or was introduced to the world of addictions, if you will, <laughs> I was about six years old. And, um, you know, my paternal smoked cigarettes growing up. He would always hide it from us. You can't see him. You can't know he's doing it, even though we knew it was all just such covered in such many different things, such denial, such shame, etc. Such gaslighting, everything. And so when I was about six years old, somehow, some way, it was just me and my paternal at the house. And he was on the balcony doing his thing, smoking. And I went out there. And I thought to myself, it's kind of crazy. I thought to myself, I love you so much. I want to know what, what it's like in your experience. So I said to him, can I try? And he looks at me like, what? <laughs> and I was like, can I try it? And he's like, okay, sure. He hands me the cigarette. I'm like, I really don't want to do this, but I really want to understand this person. And so I'm getting ready to smoke this cigarette. I'm putting the cigarette up to my mouth. And he goes, you know, if you do this, I'm going to have to tell your mom. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, do I really want to lose my status here of being this good, innocent? <laughs> I was like, uh, let me think about that. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. You keep that. You can keep that. <laughs> so, 
you know, of course they don't remember this, but I remember everything. So it's all good. But, um, you know, fast forward years later, years later, you know, I had, I've mentioned before that I've spent part of my childhood in another country. And once I came back to America, it was such a culture shock. I was like, what in the heck? I don't like this place at all. I'm not from here. Right. And so, um, around 14, I actually saw weed for the first time, but then actually, I guess this was after, cause I was about a freshman in high school that time when I saw weed for the first time. But before then, I end up finding these kids. I always, you know, I'm part of the bad kid crew. They don't know it, but <laughs> I'd be I'd be right there with them and they'd be like overlooking me. That's cool. But <laughs> so in about eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, I always know who to who to who to find, right? Who got the, who to plug? Who to plug? So about eighth grade, I met up with these kids. I'm like, yo, I know y'all smoke and drink. Put me on. And they're like, nah, you ain't ready. Like who who are you why are you gonna tell me I'm ready or not? <laughs> and so I actually had my first alcoholic beverage in that time. And it was this it was that Bush Beer Company. Ugh, it was so not like I thought. You know, as a kid, I'm thinking that beer must taste like chocolate milk. I'm like, dang, y'all drinking that down like by the gallon. That must be good. Oh my gosh, was I wrong? <laughs> So I've had a lot of different experiences and most of us are introduced to different things when we're young, you know, and luckily for me, I did have the understanding that moderation was key. And so I um, understood like, okay, maybe I can do this, but I just don't got to get hooked to it. And so uh, going back to my monologue about weed, marijuana. The reason why most people have trouble quitting weed, because I've definitely been in that Kirk Franklin mode where I've gone back and done really horrifying things when I was in my height of I can't live without something or live without this thing or whatever it was, whatever the vice was at the time. I've I've been through all the struggles of it. Um, so that's why I'm here to say you definitely can move that mountain because if I've done it, Wow. But um I was definitely smoking weed every day on the hour, like no no joke. And I'm gonna let you in on a fun fact actually. I'm gonna let you in on a fun fact. I have not and you know I'm still Mary J one at the end of the day, but I have not partaked in cannabis since two years ago. Actually correction. I have partaked in it. I haven't bought it. <laughs> So earlier this decade, I was given a very strong message from my spirit. And my spirit told me that I would need to be sober and diligent for the upcoming times. And I've done that. I've done just that. And the times I've gone against that, it's been very detrimental. So I've learned to not go against what my spirit asks. Even if my ego is kicking and screaming, if my spirit is telling me to do something, the consequences are far worse when I go against my spirit. And so... Um, with cannabis, when I was in the height of that, you know, high school, college days, where I was really understanding there is an addictive quality. As I mentioned, there can be an addictive quality. You have to understand, do you have an addictive personality? And what I mean by that is, is it easy for you to become obsessed and engulfed in things? 
because then you can become more prone to addiction. And the other thing was um, I recognized that a lot of people, if you're familiar with this, a lot of people will smoke blunts. And I realized I had stopped smoking tobacco products altogether. I've smoked like cigarettes and all that crap for like a long time. And then I eventually stopped all that. But then I was realizing like, I'm still not feeling all the way me. You know, drinking was never necessarily my vice. It was always definitely the bud, (laughs) the Christmas bud. (laughs) And, um, you know, so I would drink, but I never really liked, again, that feeling of feeling intoxicated. So it was never too much of that for me. But um, can't say the same for weed. But <laughs> but I realized that when I would still be smoking blunts, for example, I was still engaging in toxic chemicals such as nicotine. So cigarettes, blunts, cigars, whatever, have nicotine in them. Tobacco itself is not detrimental. I'll, I would smoke just regular tobacco. You know, I would get me some papers, roll me some tobacco. I'd be good. Our CBD, even, I still might have some CBD. I haven't, but I still, I still would. I'm open to that, you know? And, um, I would do those things when I was kind of weaning myself off of like, what, what, why am I still feeling addicted? And I realized it's because I was smoking blunts at the time. And so, um, I, I just decided I'm going to just smoke white papers only papers, hemp papers. That's it. And then when I would smoke like bowls and bongs, etc., I would still feel this like really lightheaded wooziness. And I started thinking, I got really just really subcon- self-conscious about everything. Like I don't want to even ingest or engage with the gas from the lighter anymore. So I started using hemp wick. So even as I was like, being vegan and all these things, I was even being more conscious and more mindful of the way I would engage with my vices. (laughs) So if you feel like you can't go without weed, you have to ask what method are you using to smoke it? Because that does play a big role. You know, if you're vaping, that's one thing. If you're rolling up blunts, that's a whole nother thing because you're still ingesting the nicotine. And so I was thinking about it, I was thinking about, um, as I mentioned, tarot readings and spirituality, etc. I was thinking, it's so interesting to me that in the tarot deck, the devil card represents addiction. And I've always wondered, why does the devil card represent Capricorn as well? Maybe someone can enlighten me on that. But the devil card represents addiction. Or the devil card is <laughs> of many things, Right? It's all the things that are conjunction with addiction, such as fear. I think of the devil card as representing fear. Now, perhaps you're familiar with the acronym of what fear actually is. False evidence appearing real. I can do a whole episode on fear, and perhaps I will at another time. But the devil card represents fear, toxicity, addiction, attachments, parasitical energy, just all these different things. And I started thinking about that tarot card and one of my soulmates from my soul tribe mentioned how the chains on the tarot card of the devil, the chains are so loose that they can get free if they wanted to. But most people don't either want to or don't know they can. And so 
The devil card, that devil energy, the devil energy can be a number of things. Manipulation, dysfunctional attachments, insecure attachments, fear, all these different things. It's very parasitical also. And I started thinking again about addiction, you having to get to the root of it. Because very much like parasitical energy, a parasite cannot exist without a host. And same for weeds cannot grow back without the roots. You know, so you have to really understand what you're facing, what you're dealing with. Now, when you go up against that devil energy, that devil card, and please know I don't mean evil, I mean fear. When you face your fears and when you release yourself from that, that devil energy is like this false power that it gives you. It gives you the illusion of power, but it's not real. It's not sustainable. It's not solid. It's, it's like a house of cards. You can just blow them, blow them away. So it gives you the sense of false power. And if you've been operating with devil energy, such as dysfunctional relationships, toxic behaviors, once you release yourself from that false power, you're going to fall into feeling powerless. You're going to fall into feeling wounded. You're going to fall into withdrawing, feeling withdrawals. And what typically happens is you get sucked back in continually, continually. That's why you're going to have to have some firm boundaries if you want to move past that energy. So if you are interested in how to heal and integrate addictions, I've listed some things here that I'm going to share of how to heal and integrate those addictions. Remember, these things are not bad within themselves. It's us that can make them bad by the meaning we give them, by the way we treat them, the way we value them, the way we allow it to affect our mind and others. So many different things, right? But a couple ways to heal and integrate addictions. Understand that treatments only treat symptoms. They only treat symptoms. So I, I am going to list a hypnosis if you are interested in understanding this hypnosis. I thought this was really great. It's a hypnosis for how to stop smoking. And that may work, but in conjunction with treatments, you're going to also have to get to the root cause of things. So treatments will only treat the symptoms. I'm not against any treatments. They're awesome. But what I'm more for is finding the root cause, which is shame, which means you're going to have to go back, digress, go through some really painful chapters of your life and think about where did you first feel shame? Who made you feel ashamed of who you are? What things are you ashamed to even admit? Really go through that. Now, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to tell anybody else, but tell yourself, help yourself, help yourself. Find the root cause of shame and dismantle it. Find that root cause of shame and pour love on it. Another good way is to find a good counselor, addictive counseling, going to rehab, doing all of these different things will help you. And of course, in my opinion, the most, one of the most, if not the most important ingredient is self-love. When you're going back through this, it's important to not shame yourself for the shame. It's important to not judge yourself for not knowing what you know now. It's important to love every part of you because every part of you is worth loving. Truly it is. And I believe that, but you got to believe that for you. You know, no one can do this for you. No one can free you from that devil energy but you. So you have to learn how to get free and find if that is what you desire and work towards that. So working towards that is going to require consistency. It's going to be real easy to go backwards. But when you're consistent, when you're determined, when you're dedicated, 
When you got your blinders on, you got your focus, nothing will be able to shake you. And it's going to take practice. Consistency doesn't just happen overnight. It's a process. So trust the process and build consistency. Start out with something small. Keep one promise to yourself, you know. Have some good boundaries with yourself to say, I'm going to finish this task before I move to the next. And then also forgive yourself. Forgiveness is going to be key also. You're going to have to forgive yourself if you fall back into a pattern. And I really shouldn't even say if. It's, it's truly when. When you fall back into a pattern, when you relapse, you're going to have to forgive yourself. You know, as I mentioned that I recently did a performance, a gig, and whenever I perform, I work with the assumption that I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to mess up. I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up. So instead of trying to find a way to be something I could never be, which is perfection, I strive for excellence, doing my best, and I encourage you to do yours as well. But also, I will practice my mistakes. When I'm practicing, I practice how I want to perform. So if I'm practicing getting ready for a performance, I'm going to treat every time I practice as if I'm performing. You know, and there are obviously times where I'm just rehearsing and going over things over and over. I guess I should say it more that way. I treat my rehearsals like I'm performing and I treat my practice like I'm sharpening my skills. And so practice makes perfect, as they say. (laughs) So when I'm practicing, I practice my mistakes because I know that it's not about where I fell or where I messed up or where I made a mistake. It's about how I recover. The recovery is just as important as what happened. So I practice my mistakes. Do I get those right all the time? Of course not. But I'm trying. And that's all you can do is continue to try. So please understand that it won't be easy. Understand that you will be tempted. You're going to be tempted to to go back to what's familiar. Because that feels safe. That feels comfortable. But if there's something that scares you and feels like It's just on the outside of your comfort zone. That's all that means. It doesn't mean it's really scary. Again, fear is false evidence appearing real. There is a difference between fear and there's a difference between danger. Try to discern between the two. So understand it won't be easy. You'll be tempted. But also understand to remember where you came from and think, do you want to live your life that way? Is that who you are or is that who you've been? And then focus on where you're going. What do you want? Don't focus on trying to destroy the old. Focus on building the new. I believe that was Socrates who said that. Understand that you can break free. And when you do break free, understand also that you will perhaps feel haunted and haunted afterwards. And you have to be diligent to understand that that's just part of the process. You're going to be hounded by all these different things popping out out of nowhere, all these different tests. But you can... Fly those, pass those tests with flying colors. (laughs) So then the other thing to make sure you're mindful of, if you are trying to heal or integrate an addiction, you're going to have to learn and establish some good practices, some good habits. You're going to have to learn healthy patterns, learn healthy communication styles. You're going to have to get outside of your comfort zone, hang out with different people. If everyone that you know does the same thing you do, please gravitate to some other people. Because oftentimes people who are content with where they are will keep you content with where you are as well. And oftentimes when you just start healing and growing, you naturally start to, you know, um, 
create distance just energetically, just what happens. So you have to understand if you are addicted to a certain attachment style, that is going to be challenging for you, but not impossible. So you're going to have to understand that you're going to have to prepare yourself to replace the feeling of the void. You're going to have to replace the emptiness because when you leave an addiction, you're going to feel emptiness. It just, I don't think there's a way around it. You're going to feel that void. And you've been filling that void perhaps so long with this addiction. So when you stop, it's going to be detrimental. Now, everyone has their own path, their own journey. If cutting something off cold turkey works for you, then do it. But if you need to take gradual steps, do that as well. There's no right or wrong way to heal and integrate your addictions. The fact that you even want to is amazing. So that's going to be the other thing is to focus on your progress. Not focusing on, well, I'm not where I want to be yet. Okay, but are you further than where you were? You're going to have to focus on your progress. You're going to have to focus on the steps you're making. Focus on what you're doing. You're going to have to count and congratulate yourself for every quote-unquote small win that you have. So sure, you've, you took a drink today, or sure, you rolled up a blunt today, or sure, you watched porn today, but is it less than what you've done before? Then that's, a, that's amazing. You're going to have to be your own cheerleader, your own best friend, your own support system, and also getting a support system if you are able to. You know, I wasn't so privileged, but if you can have a really good support team around you, then by all means, please do. Um, and if you are someone who's recovering from, this is another addiction people don't really talk about, is toxic relationships. And there's a meme that says, you know, everyone talks about getting out of that toxic relationship, but you do grieve toxic relationships as well. And there's a meme that says, yeah, no one talks about how challenging it is getting in a healthy relationship after a toxic one. So understand that there's always an energy exchange in any relationship you have. So really understanding and nurturing the relationship you have with yourself and letting that be the guiding principle for you. So if you've been in a abusive relationship, a narcissistic codependent dynamic, um, a gaslighting, manipulative situation, whatever it is, it's all abusive. It truly is. And it does do things to you mentally, physically, emotionally. It drains you. And that's not your fault. It's your responsibility to overcome those patterns, you know, if we should choose to. And not everyone's path is going to be about that. So again, if that's not your path, don't even worry about it. I don't know why you're listening. <laughs> you can listen, but you don't have to Blame yourself for not being something or not being ready for something. It doesn't mean you are always going to be there. But I think you have to really grant yourself permission to be exactly who you are and know that that's okay. Um, let me check the time here. So, understanding that there's no right or wrong here. It's really not. Um, but if you want, if you know someone who's struggled with addictions and maybe you, this is someone you love, this is someone you live with, this is someone you know, this is, you were the child of someone who had addictions. Maybe, I don't think any child should have the burden helping their parent get out of an addiction. So that's not what I'm saying here. But if you're an adult and you're living with someone or even your older parents have addictions, I wrote down some ways to help someone with addictions. 
But really, it's not about helping them. It's about helping you. So the first thing I have listed is to have healthy boundaries. You have to understand that people who struggle with addictions are used to living in extremes. You know, most of us come from dysfunctional households where there was chaos, where there was extreme polarity. There was some form of extremity that happened. So we gravitate to those polarities. And before the pendulum can swing back to balance it out, it has to go to the opposite side of extremity. So if you've struggled with boundaries and you're just learning about boundaries, you too perhaps will struggle with finding that balance. If you were someone who was just a people pleaser, just wide open, everyone can do and say, do whatever they want. And then you learn about boundaries. You're like, no, I have to be very strict now. No means no and no is no. You're like, yes, that is true. But you also have to balance it out with wisdom, with understanding, with logic. And so what can typically happen is when you don't have something, you go to one extreme to the other. And if you're loving someone who has an addiction, you're going to have to have loving boundaries for yourself first before you can try to have boundaries with that person. Most people try to do it the opposite way. I'm going to have boundaries against you. You're not going to use me. You're not going to take my money. You're not going to do this. It's like, okay, the boundary is for you. You have to recognize, did you give this person your money before you accuse them of stealing or whatever the case is? You know, these are just random thoughts that are just flowing right now. But you're going to have to have healthy boundaries without, um, without confusing boundaries to be something that they're not. Boundaries are always you setting the tone for yourself to say, look, I don't appreciate this. This is what I will or will not tolerate. That's not putting a condition on that person. Well, you better do this, this, and this in order to... No, no, no. It's not that. <laughs> it can feel that way, but it's never about the other person. It's always about yourself. So if you want to help someone with addictions... You're going to have to help yourself by establishing boundaries within yourself. You're also going to have to have accountability for your own actions. You're going to have to really sit down and think, am I enabling this person? Am I part of the problem? Am I the reason this person has an addiction now? You know, back in way back when I remember with my first girlfriend, I felt so bad that I felt like it was my fault that I got her addicted to something and I just felt so bad for it and so guilty and I realized she's responsible for her own actions if she got addicted to something that's because she already had that receptor ready to be addicted to it maybe I introduced her to it but I didn't make the choices for her to stay addicted to it and I had to release myself from that so when you're having accountability for your own actions that's also a boundary to recognize you didn't make this person who has an addiction have an addiction. That's not your fault. That's not your responsibility, ultimately. You can love this person, but you also have to love yourself, most importantly. So you're going to have to have some self-reflection and understand, okay, everything is based in the law of attraction, the law of mirroring. So have some self-reflection, some introspection to say, if you attracted someone who has an addiction, then what are yours? What are your addictions? Do you enjoy the savior complex to feel like you're the righteous one and this needy person needs you? Do you enjoy being the good guy or the good girl? Like, what is your addiction? It might not be as obvious as this person who may be addicted to substances per se, but perhaps your addiction is having someone be dependent on you. Maybe your addiction is wanting to feel needed, whatever it is. It's not a right or wrong thing, so no shame on you. It's just to say, understand and be honest to say 
yeah, I'm addicted to this, this, and this, and I like this or I don't like this. Very simple. I mean, it's not simple. I don't mean to minimize it because it is painful to see yourself in that way. But once we can simplify it to say, do I want to continue this or do I want to change this? It can kind of assist with, um, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) And then another thing is you're going to have to have acceptance. Accept the situation. Understand that people only change for themselves. If it's not in their best interest to change, they're not going to change for you. They may say they're going to change for you, but that will last temporarily before who they really are starts to show again. So do not base your worth, your value on what this person does or doesn't do that you love who has an addiction. And also don't base it on them changing or not for you to be happy. Because then that is also just as dysfunctional in my opinion. So if you love someone who has an addiction, you have to ask yourself, if this person never changes, would you still want this? And if not, then it gives you some real action steps to take. Is, is this the life you want to continue to have? Or are you afraid of being alone as well? Are you afraid of making these changes as well? And again, it goes back to saying like what your attachment style is, what your point of attraction is, all of those things. So you have to understand, we have to accept people for who they are and love them for who they are. Not try to shame them into being what we want or judge them into being who we want, judge them into submission. No, if you don't accept or love this person exactly as they are, as if nothing were to change, perhaps they are not the best match or perhaps they are showing something about yourself and it's a lesson for you to understand. So taking some action steps, getting help, getting counseling for yourself, getting some time away from this person or this pattern or this addiction and asking yourself what is most important to you. No one can answer that question for you. So no one can tell you what is right or wrong for you. You know, questions I would ask myself is what's more important, connection to these people who are toxic to me or freedom, even if that means I'll be alone, is identifying the fears and facing those fears as scary as it is important to me, or is it important for me to be comfortable and and safe in something that's draining me and not helping me grow and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Yeah, so I think the final thing I'll say, if you are someone who loves someone who has an addiction and you wanna help them or you just are involved with them, another step is to not take things personally. Realize this is their responsibility It's not on you again. It's not on you. Even if they try to make it seem like it is on you, it's not. Even if they say, how dare you treat me this way or do this to me after all of this, that's their expectations. Understand that however they may lash out to you, especially if they're going through withdrawals, they're going to lash out at you. But know that it's not you. It's their unresolved trauma. All of these different things. So, um... Just understand that you can be someone's friend, you can be someone's loved one without having to be pulled into their vortex of destruction because you're just as important as the person that you may love or care about. And the way you teach people how to treat you is how you treat yourself. And you have to ask yourself, I care about this person with addictions, but it's bringing me down. I don't want to leave them high and dry, (laughs) no pun intended, but if I have to, I very well may. And 
That's not to say you failed. That's not to say you didn't love them. That's not to say anything besides you had to do what was best for you. So I support it and I just want to leave some things for you all in the description. And of course, you know, the artist we know and love is going to stop by. If you want to hear that at the very end, Mary J. Wan is going to have, has a little message sent out for you all. So I thank you all for being here. Please know that you're not alone. You don't have to go through this alone. There's counseling, there's help and know that you're capable of getting free of any addiction, you know? So I'll leave some recommendations in the description below. So you've, if you want to check out some videos, especially if you've like been in an abusive relationship, I'm going to leave the uh, recommended video that comes to mind as intermittent reinforcement, which is, yes, a Teal Swan, as you guessed, video. Now, I personally enjoy her older stuff, as I've mentioned. I don't vibe with everything she does, but these were helpful for me on my journey. So I want to share it. Perhaps it'll be helpful for you on yours. So please check out if you like the solo performance I did. Let me know any topics you want to hear. Happy holidays to you. Get your Christmas time EP. And uh, let's let Mary J. Wanna close us out. I'm going to go spend some time with Mary J. Wanna's dad. And we're going to be good. And if you're wondering who's Mary J. Wanna's dad, only the most high, of course. But boom Okay. I'm done. No more dad jokes. Have a good one, everyone. Be well. Be safe. Know that you are loved and supported. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, you're all good with me. Namaste. Until next time. I get stoned for the sake of 
enjoyment I'ma roll me up a joint and ask you to come and join me You can't possibly be mad when there's weed in the stash It's kinda hard to laugh and cry, here you need it real bad I'ma give you my blunt, bacon cookies right up Time moves forward, then slower and backwards all over Now we're stuck sitting in this mystical bliss You don't have to close your eyes because you notice, know this Being stoned so